0: Good morning, everyone. It is a good morning. And um, celebrate today with us as we um, worship the Lord. And um, I want to pray right up front, Out, not that I haven't already and haven't been, but we need to be praying. Uh, there is a spirit that is at work in the church that is trying to very hard and being very successful in some ways of preventing us from communicating with our commander in chief, command to communicate with God. He, this spirit is at work and we need to be fighting against it. It's not a, a flesh and blood fight. We've talked about Ephesians 6 talks about it. it's a spirit that is of the demonic nature and this. Breastplate and the sword that is beside me here this morning illustrates the significance and the severity of the battle that's before us. So let us pray. Father, I know that your word tells us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Father, I know that you are at work in the lives of each and every one of us, bringing us today, whether it's an online Uh, opportunity Father or it's an in-person opportunity you have brought us today to be able to hear and not just hear but respond to your word and I pray Father that your Holy Spirit would lead us give us ears to hear eyes to see that our minds might be attentive to your word this morning and my words and my thoughts would be your words and your thoughts so, Father, bless this day. Guide us as we enter into this message and this time of worship today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As uh, Jonathan already has said to us, we are in a series called Airplane Mode. And Airplane Mode, for those who most of us would understand what that is on your devices, is to switch off the internet capabilities, all the outside stuff, and to not interfere with what's most important. Typically that happens on an airplane where you don't want to interfere with the controls of your airplane and bring it to an untimely descent. Um, Whether that happens or can happen, that's a matter of debate, but it is a mode that we need to be attentive to as Christians to be able to switch off the things from the outside so that we can start to focus on what's um, most important. And it's important to switch off from all the noise and the interference of, of our world and tune in to the voice that God wants us to hear, his voice. And if we are serious about having a genuine communication with our heavenly father, we need to be able to do that. So I want to encourage you, not just switching off your devices this morning, but switching off the external stuff of your thoughts and our minds and our hearts so that we can actually now dig into the Word of God. The more we mature spiritually, the more we realise just how important it is that we understand and we recognise the voice of God. It's only through hearing Him and listening to him, that we are able to discover what God wants us to be able to do and not just what he wants us to do but how he wants us to do what he wants us to do. It's okay to, well, it's one thing to, to know what we are to do. It's quite another to know how to do what that should look like and how we need to do the things that are important. Therefore, we need to make sure that prayer is an important priority if we are serious about our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ today is going to be a fairly practical message there's going to be a lot of how to's in today as we look at what and how we can and should make prayer a priority in our life the question i guess right up the outset is is prayer a priority in your life, in my life. We know we ought to pray, but way too often we relegate prayer to a last resort thing. It's like, you know, at the last thing we, we do it when only if something's happening that's wrong and we need prayer for a person or a sickness or or something that's come up that's urgent or it's, it's a prayer that we offer to our Lord, get me out of trouble here kind of prayer. I need help and I need this now. It, prayer too often is relegated to those kinds of times or it's sometimes even, you know, we do pray. We have a time with, with, with the Lord in the morning, but it's even that. It's a, it's a shallow kind of prayer, help this, be this, do this, guide me here but it's not personal, it's not intense, it's not the priority of what we do, we're doing it to tick a box and we need to be careful about that because if prayer is not the priority of our walk with the Lord, our walk with the Lord may wander. In fact, I'd even go further than that, it will wander if prayer is not the priority of our life the tendency among believers and even even those in leadership is to think of prayer as that extracurricular activity that we do at the beginning of a meeting or at the end of the meeting and we, we tag on a prayer and think that that's okay. But as I read the scriptures, I find that prayer wasn't something they did it was central to what they did. It was the core of what they did. It was the most important ministry of what they did. Everything revolved around prayer, and the disciples were in prayer in the upper room in the days before Pentecost. And the early church saw prayer as so important that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and prayer. So there's really a lot of biblical insight for us if we are willing to look for it. How, and the question is, the first point, if you're taking notes, is how do I need to prioritise prayer? Well, sorry, why do I need to prioritise prayer? When God spoke to the Israelites in 2 Chronicles, and it's a familiar verse. Most of you know it. But he told them that if they want to see God heal their land and forgive them, that they need to humble themselves and they need to pray and they need to seek his face. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. That's exactly what it says. If my people, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and restore their land. If we want our nation, if we want our community restored and healed, it's God's people who need to take the responsibility and take prayer seriously. It's God's people who need to stand up to what's going on in this world. We have the responsibility to pray on behalf of those who are unable to pray or unwilling to pray. It's us. It's on us. And while we can and we should be doing that on an individual basis, confessing our part in the degradation of our society and our sinfulness of our community should be done corporately and publicly. We need to do that. We are responsible. And when King Josiah heard how dis- the disobedient the Israelites had been and uh, to God's word and disregarded God's word after he had it read to him, the scriptures tell us that he tore his clothes in despair at what had happened. And what that was doing was that was a symbol of his grief and and it was a demonstration of repentance. And in so doing, he was humbling himself. He was tearing his kingly robes and humbling himself. And then he sought the Lord as to what he should do. And this was the message that God gave him in 2 Chronicles 34. It says, you. This is God speaking to, to King Josiah. You were sorry and humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this city and its people. You humbled yourself and you tore your clothing in despair and you wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. And the reality of all of that is that God did not bring the, what he had promised to the destruction of Israel during Josiah's reign. He held off, giving us a very clear understanding of the power of humility and prayer. We can stop all things from taking place when we are praying. It's not just praying for the superficial stuff. It's not praying for the shallow things. We can stop what's going on in the spiritual realm because of our prayer. If we are really serious about what's going on in our society, it starts with making prayer our priority. Philippians 4 says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say again, rejoice, let everyone See that you are considerate in all that you do and remember the Lord is coming. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. And the reason that we need to make prayer a priority is because it's what God wants us to do. There's no other reason necessary. God wants us to pray and take it seriously. He wants us to make it a priority. He wants to communicate with us. He wants us to. And if he wants us to, then we have no right in denying him that priority. We have no option other than to do that if we want to be obedient to him. Matthew 6, Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private, then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words, again and again. In that passage, Jesus did not say, if you pray. He says three times when you pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. When you pray, go away by yourself. When you pray, don't babble on. Three times, it's when we're praying Prayer isn't reserved for special occasions. It's not reserved for moments where we are in desperate need, although we should be using it for that, but it's not just for that. We we read it before in Philippians 4, pray about everything, everything. God wants us to share with him our heart. He wants us to share our thoughts with him and if prayer is not the priority to us, that indicates that our relationship with Jesus is not a priority either. And that's the reality of our prayer life. If you don't want to or I don't want to talk with him, that tells me a lot about my relationship with him. It should be the most important part of our lives of our day and God not only wants his people to pray but he blesses us when we do it's kind of like this wonderful opportunity of seeing things happen in in the spiritual realm and in the physical that cannot happen any other way God has commanded us to pray when you pray so if we are to be obedient to what he wants us to do as Christ followers, then prayer has to be. It must be the priority in our life. It must be part of our lifestyle. It must be part of what we do. So why is because Jesus tells us, and that's all we need, how do I prioritise prayer is a different thing. Because you and I live in a very complicated busy life. We all have that. Every one of us could could list a bunch of things that would keep us busy every single day. And we always find, though, the time to do the things that we prioritise. Everything that we want to do, isn't it amazing? We generally get that done. The things that we put first, the things that we prioritise. And it's not just It's just a fact of life that that's what happens. Whatever we put the effort into seems to get done first. And one of the best indicators of how much prayer is prioritised in our life is how much time we spend in prayer. There was a time in church history where prayer meetings filled rooms and God used those times to bring Revival to the Nation. I've included it, I think, on the back of your sermon notes today, a journal entry, an Australian, it's our Australian Wesleyan history from back in Parramatta, Sydney in 1840, almost 200 years ago. It's a journal entry from John Wattsford, And he writes this. I want to read it to you because it's so, so significant to where we are even today. But he's speaking in his journal. He says, Religion had been in a low state, like we are today. The minister of the circuit was a good man, but an old and nearly worn out. He was old. And he was greatly opposed to noise and marked the men who were very much in earnest. In other words, He ostracised those who were too noisy. It was the custom of them to call by name a few persons to pray in the prayer meetings and any who were at all noisy were never asked. Two of our most excellent and devoted local preachers who were always seeking to save souls were placed on the list of persons not allowed to take part in prayer meetings and very soon I was added to the number. One day, the two brethren and I, who I referred to, said to me, we're going to specifically pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the revival of God's work, and we want you to join with us. This is our plan. Every morning and evening and at midday to spend some time in pleading with God to pour out His Spirit, to observe every Friday, As a day of fasting and prayer and to sit together in the meetings and though not permitted to pray out loud, to silently plead for the coming of the Holy Ghost. I think they were a little afraid of me as they gave me this caution. Now mind you don't say a word against our minister or have any unkind feeling toward him because he does not allow us to take part in the meetings. He knows what he's doing and he has his own reasons for it. If we complain or speak against him, the Lord will not hear our prayers. And we carried out the plan for one, two, three weeks, not one but, no one but God and ourselves knowing what we were doing. And at the end of the fourth week on Sunday evening, the Reverend William Walker preached a powerful sermon. After the service, people flocked to the prayer meeting till the schoolroom was filled my two friends were there, one on each side of me and I knew that they had hold of the God and we could hear the sighs and suppressed sobs all around us. The old minister of the circuit who had conducted the meeting was concluding with a benediction, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and here he stopped and sobbed aloud. When he could speak, he called out, Brother Watson, pray. Watford, pray. And I prayed and then my two friends prayed. And oh, the power of God that came upon the people who were overwhelmed by it in every part of the room. And what a cry for mercy. It was heard by the passers-by in the street, some of whom came running in to see what the matter was and was smitten down at the door in great distress. The clock of the neighbouring church struck 12 before we left could leave the meeting. How many were saved? I cannot tell. But day after day and week after week, the work went on and many were converted and among them, many young persons. Here's the point. Humility is the key to answered prayer. How can we make prayer a priority? Watsford and his friends were careful not to do anything that hindered their prayer. They had every right to be upset with the pastor, with the minister. Even though they'd been kicked out of previous prayer meetings, even though they had every reason to be critical of him, even though they had every reason not to go back, to start up their own or to go to another place, they decided to pray at home and to sit quietly and humbly at the back of the prayer meetings, obedient to what they were asked to do and pray silently. And in the right time, God answered their prayers. So the question that I need to ask myself and perhaps even pose to you is how can we we see that kind of response today? How can we see there a hunger and a thirst for God's word in our society? It's simple. Make prayer a priority for us as individuals. It has to be the priority. And what we need to realise is that Satan doesn't want us to pray. And he will use every opportunity, he will cause everything he can to be a distraction for us so that we don't get around to it. Too busy, too tired too many things that are going on in our life at the moment, just distractions that he will use to stop us doing what the most important part of our life should be. But when prayer is our priority, we will put in place the necessary things to be able to endure and persevere through the hindrances that come our way. We need to be proactive in putting things in place to deal with the distractions that are going to come. They're going to come. You're going to have things that hinder you. So what can we do? Four things, very simple things that you probably already know, but pick a place. Pick a a place where you can be alone. Pick a place where you can be with the Lord Jesus Christ without interruption Shut the world out and shut yourself in. Turn off your phones and devices and put them on airplane mode so that you can shut out all the distraction. Don't check phones. Don't check your emails. Just spend time with God in the Word and in prayer. Pick a time or pick a place, pick a time. Make an appointment with Him. Make it a habit by taking The same time. And I would suggest the best time to do it is the beginning of your day. Wake up a little earlier. Go to bed a little earlier. Do what's necessary. Wake up in the morning and set a same time, same place. And whether it's the first thing in the morning and the kids or after the kids go off to school, or all of those things happen in the evening before you go to sleep, pick a time that works for you. And prioritise that time. Don't let any, anything come in to distract you. Pick a system and, and a system is one of those, those things that we can put in place that helps us. And one of the struggles that most of us have is focus. You're praying about something and suddenly you're talking about butterflies. Where does that come from? Pick a system. Develop a system to help Keep your focus on the most important part of it. And it's essential we do that. If we're serious about prioritising our prayer life, things like a prayer list, write down your prayers, write them out in a journal, things that are going to keep your mind focused, not just distracted by the things that are going on. Pick a partner or partners Pick someone to hold you accountable. One of the best ways of keeping ourselves accountable is to pray with someone at a particular time in a particular way. And it's not just we don't have to even be in person to do that. There's lots of formats where you can actually do that today with not even being in the same room. But keep someone in your circle of prayer that is going to keep you accountable to your prayer life. Whether it's one or two people, it doesn't matter, but it's, we need to do that. Pray for things that would be impossible to happen apart from God's miraculous power. Pray for the, the things that are going to be bigger than what we could think or imagine. Prayer couples and triplets are a great way to see the power of God at work. They're just four things that you can do very simply and we need to if we're going to prioritise prayer. The disciples and the believers of the early church met regularly in groups and it's recorded for us in Acts chapter 1. It says they met, all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women and the brothers of Jesus. This was before the Holy Spirit came upon them. As a result, after the Holy Spirit came, we see each day the Lord added to the fellowship those who were being saved. It was prayer that was the priority for them. So the results of prayer, results of prioritised prayer, what should we expect to see if prayer is our priority? I Honestly, there's not enough time to tell you. There's not enough time to tell you, of the, the, what we'll expect or the results that we could expect when we prioritise prayer. But the first thing is that we will begin to connect to the power of God. When we prioritise prayer, one of the, the results will, will, will be that we will connect to the power of God himself. God's power is available to us now. It's available to us freely. It's available to every single believer. If we trust him, if we seek him, if we honour him, that's what Jesus was telling his disciples in John chapter 14. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And we all have things that we would like and it's not just the the context of this isn't about asking for anything we want, it's asking In his name. And that means literally that we ask what Jesus would want for us and what Jesus would want for our society. So when we ask in his name, we're asking on his behalf, not for the things that we want, but all the things that we need and we have in his name. We have what we pray for when when God gets the glory. Our prayers will be answered when we pray in accordance with the will of the Father. When we prioritise our communication with our Father, we not only know what he wants for us to do, but our faith will be increased as we see those things come true and fall into place. Our faith will be increased as we pray in accordance with his His will. And when prayer is prioritised in our life, it allows us to worship and praise the Lord in a way that is honouring to him, that is proper. When our relationship with him, our worship involves prayer and confession, which should lead to genuine repentance, it shouldn't just be something we hide behind closed doors, It, it allows us to confess our sins effectively when worship is done in the proper way. When we prioritise prayer, it will give us then the opportunity to present our request to him, to to commune with him in a manner that's appropriate by the Heavenly Father's will. Prioritising prayer will strengthen our relationship with our Heavenly Father when we put that and make that the priority in our life, the relationship that we have with our heavenly father will be strengthened. It's not just about asking God for God's blessing, though we welcome it when it happens and it does happen, but it's about communicating with our heavenly father. If we are serious about that relationship, then prayer needs to be the priority of what we do and why we do what we do. So our relationship with God suffers when we don't communicate or make that a priority in our life. Prioritising prayer allows us to participate in what God's doing in our society. We, We can pray for things and as those things take place, we can be part and we know we're part of the process of that. Well, God does not need our help Prayer is the means by which God has ordained for that help to come. He's called us to bend our knee, to pray and seek him. Prayer helps others grow in their love for Jesus Christ. Prayer can help clear obstacles out of our way so that things happen in accordance with his will. It's not that God can't work without our prayers, but he has established prayer as part of his plan for accomplishing his will. It's the means by which he has included us in the work that he has for us. Prioritising prayer gives us the power over evil, and we've read this many times, particularly in the last couple of weeks that we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, prayer is going to be the only effective means, the only effective means with which we can deal with the evil rulers and the authorities of the unseen world against the mighty powers of the dark world, it's only through prayer that we can deal with that. Otherwise, we've got no armour to deal with those things in in that realm. Prioritising prayer keeps us humble and it should keep us humble. We're told that humility is essential to even come before our Heavenly Father. Mer- the, the Mercy Me song, I can only imagine. I'll just remember Pete in the funeral and his song. I can only imagine, will when I come before my Heavenly Father, will my will to my knees will I bow? Or will I be able to stand in his presence? I can only imagine that. What will it be like? When I'm standing before him, humility is the key to that. Prioritising prayer keeps us humble. It reminds us that we're not in control, that the control of everything that's taking place is way beyond my means and your means, which helps us keep us from pride. And there are just so many things that we could get into and life goes on and and things happen. The list of things, of of prioritising prayer, of what happens when we prioritise prayer goes on and on and on. There are just so many. We haven't even got the time to talk about the fact that it's a special privilege that we get to experience the presence of his Holy Spirit when we pray, when we prioritise that. We haven't got the time to talk about the witness and the increase in faith that comes because we prioritize prayer. We see God answer prayers and he does that. We haven't got the time to talk about the fact that prayer increases our faith as we see answers being fulfilled. We haven't got the time to think about the opportunity that prioritizing prayer brings to the bond between believers to the body of Christ, when we bond corporately in prayer meetings, praying in alignment, praying in agreement with one another. We haven't got the time to talk about the fact that often prioritising prayer is the only means of bringing healing or restitution that can happen when all other options have been exhausted. How many times have you been given or heard of people being given a diagnosis that has suddenly been miraculously turned around? It's only through prayer. We haven't got the time to talk about how prayer fulfils a need in every one of us to have that presence of, us, of God in our life. And having a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's just so many things, so many results of prioritising prayer in our life, that we could lose count of what God's blessing will be like. We were made to function best emotionally when we are in in a prayerful relationship with our Heavenly Father. We were created for that. So why do we regard it as a last resort? Why do we put it off, and think nothing of it? Why is it that every single one of us probably could say, I wish I prayed more? What is it that's stopping us prioritising prayer? C.S. Lewis put it well when he said this. He said, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. There is no other. A lack of prioritised prayer actually demonstrates a lack of faith and a lack of trust in his word. It's not something we can actually pull back from. If, if we're not praying, then, then it's saying a lot about how much we actually trust the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray to demonstrate our faith in God because it's not going to happen any other way, that he will do as he has promised, that he will, if you ask anything in my name according to to his will, he will hear, he will answer. 2 Chronicles 7.14, we read it earlier. If my people will humble themselves, if they will turn from their wickedness, if they will seek my face and they pray, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. If my people do that, he will do what he's promised and he will bless our lives more abundantly than we could ever ask for or even imagine. Prayer is not something we can just disregard. It's our primary means of seeing God work in lives, in our lives and the lives of others. It's the primary means because it means that we plug into his power. We align ourselves with his will. It means it's our only means of defeating Satan It's our only means of dealing with the the unseen evil spiritual realm that we are absolutely powerless in our own ability to overcome by ourselves. Therefore, can I encourage us to begin? If not, we may have already started and we might have already thought about this and most of us have considered the fact that we don't pray enough but it's going to take us to switch to airplane mode to do that. It's going to mean that we're going to have to switch off from something to be able to focus on the most important part. I want to encourage us to make prayer a priority in our lives on a daily basis and I pray that God will find us often before His throne of grace. I pray that we would come humbly and bow the knee to Him, to submit to Him. Nothing can happen in this world without our prayers. God wants us to pray. Hebrews 4 tells us So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There, you will, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And we have the promise that the fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. In James 5.16, confess your sins to each other, pray for one another so that you might be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I don't know where you are in your prayer journey at this moment in time. It concerns me that I feel that generally speaking, the the church of this day and age is absent from prioritising prayer. It concerns me that we have grown complacent with prioritising prayer. It concerns me that we've grown lazy in our prioritising of prayer. It concerns me that we haven't really grasped the importance of corporate prayer. From a day in 1840 in Parramatta, Sydney, where the the walls of the building were bursting with people and the power of God was so intense that even people walking by outside had to come in and see what was going on. to, to a time now where if we get two or three people to a prayer meeting, we think we're doing okay. Something dramatic has happened. Something significant has happened. So I don't know where you are at. I know where I'm at and I'm struggling with this whole sermon for myself because I know where I'm weak. I'd like to think that I, I'm doing pretty well and, you know what, maybe I am, maybe, but I don't feel that. And I want us to grasp that very, very significantly this morning. So whether it's in your your marriages, you know what, I... I We need to be praying for you, Gabby and Zach. This week is their wedding. They're getting married on Saturday. And it's my prayer that that little home that they're going to be building will be centred on the priority of prayer. As I do for each of you, that your your lives would be so centred on knowing him and his will for you, that prayer is the priority of your day. May God glorify his name in our lives as we believe in him, as we seek him, to come to him in prayer this week. And remember that no prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer much power, and it's only through the power of prayer and us prioritising that will we see revival of this land and this nation turning around. Let's pray according to his will because it tells us, the scriptures tell us that if we ask for anything according to his will and in his name, he will do it. It's on us because you can be absolutely sure that the, those outside of the kingdom of God are not going to be praying for themselves. Let me pray. Father, you see our heart. You see our motivation. You see our busyness of life. You see the context of which we come here today. Father, I pray for myself, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and put a new and right spirit in me. Deal with those things, Father, that hinder the communication, the integrity of of my prayer. Father, help me to prioritise what's most important, not just for the things that bring me comfort and joy, but the things that honour you and bless you. And I pray for our church, Father, the congregation that you have put together, for those that are listening online, for those that are listening here, for those that are part of the celebration of worship today. Father, when we are able to prioritise our communication with you, our prayer time with you, then our worship experience will be so much different, so much more exciting, so much more of a blessing, so much more enthusiastic, so much more, Father, that we will be able to see your glory, feel your glory, know your glory, understand your glory to the extent that you've let us do those things. And so, Father, today, Father, let us make a fresh commitment, a re Newell of our heart desire, a recommitment to your word that if we pray, if we humble ourselves, if we turn from our wickedness, if we seek your face, then you'll hear from heaven and you'll hear, heal our land. You'll forgive us. You'll restore us. You'll bring us to completion in us that which has been begun. And so, Father, we ask for your blessing. We ask for your guidance. We ask for your help. And I pray, Father, that your name might be honoured now above all other names. It's your word that speaks. And I pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ because I know that's what he wants us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.